This is the Pro-AV Podcast, your B2B show for the best thought leadership in the industry, bringing you education, information, and inspiration only on market scale. Nowadays, we put a lot of AV on the ones and zeros. They want more features, but they want to see less hardware. Welcome to Market Scale Pro-AV. I'm your host, Sean Heath. You know, I have some friends who are quote-unquote writers, and no, I'm not using air quotes correctly, and they tell me that they get their best work done and they're able to concentrate more efficiently at a coffee shop. That doesn't make sense to me. I like to have quiet when I'm trying to concentrate, but they say that having that noise around them helps them block out the noise around them. I don't get it. My guests on the podcast today, absolute geniuses. I don't think that's a stretch. I think that's an accurate term. And of course, I am talking about Steve Brooks, the vice president of sound masking products for Atlas IED. Hi, Steve. How are you today? I'm doing very well. And I think a a good thing to say is that I'm the best in my price range. You know what? That'll fit on a business card. There you go. My other guest on the podcast today is Charlie Roy, the director of corporate sales for Masking Sound. Charlie, how are you? Very good, Sean. Good to be here. Now, Charlie and Steve, you guys have known each other for a while. How did you cross paths? Steve, let's start with you. You've been with Atlas IED for a few minutes. A few minutes, about 16 years now. Um, I've held many different positions with Atlas, um, but I got into the sound masking side of our product line probably 10, 12 years ago, and we had uh, or have a select group of dealers um, throughout the country that all they did was sound masking. That's all they focused and sold. Charlie Roy was was one of them. Um, he was he was our superstar here on the East Coast for sound masking sales. So that's how I got to know him. I'll just leave it at that. Oh, he's not going to give up any of the secrets. Darn, Charlie, I thought we caught him. <laughs> well, Sean, and, and on this side, uh, I, I'm probably dating myself, but I go back probably 40 years in this industry uh, with integrated uh, office acoustics. And, and in fact, uh, I, I had met and worked with Bob Newman and Leo Baranek from the old BBNN, BBNN which uh, for those who uh, are familiar with the industry will know who BBNN is and as an acoustical consultant back in the day. But, but, over the years, between uh, my history with perhaps Hayworth Incorporated or my own company, CCR Associates, I went back to school and got my MBA at night, and the paper that I wrote was based on integrated office acoustics. And for 20 years, my own company, CCR Associates, uh, we focused on office acoustics and perhaps the niche of masking sound exclusively. And as I neared retirement, uh, I was going to retire. But on the other hand, uh, Mr. John Ivey uh, gave me the opportunity to continue uh, in the business uh, and use the expertise on behalf of of Atlas IED. So I've known Steve for a decade plus. Uh, I've been in the industry myself nearly 40 years in terms of uh, integrated office acoustics. And there really are no magic wands, if you will, in this industry. It is based on physics. It is based on common sense. And the one thing and why I've uh, come to Atlas IED from my own company is that I always believed in the core products of the company, uh, 
the uh, the Ivy family, be it Mr. Lloyd Ivy and his son John, uh, have always been above board and acted with integrity on our behalf. And as a result, not only was I a client, but now I'm an actual user and seller of the product working directly for Atlas IED. Are my friends crazy? Is there some logical sense behind their thought that having that noise around them helps them concentrate? Is that a thing? Yeah. Um, if I can make a point, it kind of goes against the grain of, of sound masking. Um, a coffee shop noises to me would be distracting because my brain would be trying to cue in on conversations that are pretty close to me. I'm trying, my brain will say, well, what are they saying? What are they talking about? And it'll take me, it'll distract me from my, my task at hand where using a sound masking signal, which contains no information, it's just broadband shaped noise. The brain just um, says that's background noise and let's just not pay attention to it and um, uh, pay attention to what we're doing, you know, at hand. See, I knew my friends were crazy. <laughs> Let me ask you this question then. Okay. If that type of background noise isn't um, sound masking, can you give me the basic breakdown? What is actual sound masking? What is uh, what is it comprised of, you mean? Yeah, how does it work? Well, yeah, what we're doing is we're, we're flooding um, either the space above a, a grid ceiling or an open ceiling. We're flooding the entire space with a, a low-level... Uh, electronically produced masking sound. It's it's people call them white noise or pink noise, which is really really not correct because the uh, pink noise is what we start with, but we run it through a whole bunch of filters, and the system is tuned and set up to match a specific curve masking curve that's been proven to cover or mask the human voice. Anything that's got information in it, that's why music doesn't work as a masking source, because your brain tries to cue in, that's my favorite song. Um, the song has parts where this, the audio is loud, parts where the audio is soft, gaps between songs, that does not work. Masking has to be continuous at a certain level and never vary from that. Masking has been around for eons. As an example, the Romans ran aqueducts through their villas and the raised ambient background above the natural ambient of the building, that raised ambient of water rushing through the villas was in fact thousands of years ago a, a, a use of sound masking, if you will. All we're doing today is introducing it artificially, electronically, with the mechanisms that Steve just talked about. But sound masking or raised ambient background has been around forever. I would imagine there is a very extensive field of science in helping determine what to broadcast. Well, there are standards that are out in the country. As an example, uh, ASTM or American Society of Testing Materials has specific standards on their E33 committee. And, and this is a consensus standard, but uh, most acousticians throughout the country come together and basically craft what the masking should be in both closed and open plan environments. So yeah, there are specifics and guidelines that do uh, pretty much uh, run the industry. Is bad masking better than no masking? I would say that um, bad masking is not better. You don't want the masking to call attention to itself. You don't want the occupants in the space going, you know, what is that sound? Why does it, why is it sound in the ceiling annoying me? 
Uh, that's a bad thing. I've, I've heard horror stories early on in my career of sound masking systems being shut off after the first week just because it was too loud, too soft, or the wrong masking spectra or, or sound. And it just annoyed the heck out of the occupants. And they said, this is not working for us. Um, so bad masking is, is, is not better than no masking at all. Yeah, and to complement that, uh, there was a, a gentleman... Uh former PhD, uh, Dr. Robert Chenaud, who taught us years ago that you should introduce the maximum amount of privacy at the minimum amount of obtrusion. So that's why when you look at a masking spectra, it's a pink noise curve, not a white noise curve, specifically because you're trying to provide as much masking of the speech intelligibility as possible, but not make it so obtrusive. And some of the higher frequencies in the 1,000, 2,000 and up range can be very hissy and would be akin to scratching someone's fingernails on a blackboard. You don't want to do that. So it should be crafted and there are ways to do that and do that efficiently with electronic masking sound. It's amusing to me that the best masking is the one that masks its own presence. It's a good statement. You mean I said something smart? Oh, very. Oh, I'm glad we're recording this. I do know that Atlas IED's presence in this space is a renewed focus. You're a technology company. Why is that focus on approaching things from the technological side so important to you? Why is it important? Because I think the market is dictating that. Um, Perhaps several years back, we were a speaker company, but today we have to be a technology company because corporate real estate is forcing the issue. As an example, uh, years back, PropTech, or the acronym used to describe technology for real estate, perhaps the investment from, uh, from venture capital was about, oh, in the 180 million range. Today, in the year 2018 and beyond, it's about $12 billion U.S. dollars, and it's grown that much. And, and the reason it's grown that much is that corporate real estate, in order for it to survive, and these are the people who are making decisions on space and util, utilization of space, are investing heavily in technology. And if we don't uh, meet those particular needs, uh, we're going to be out of business. So the bottom line is that, yes, uh, we have morphed uh, and grown, if you will, into a technology company, much more so because the market dictates that we do so. If companies are spending more money in the technological side, and you mentioned the real estate side, is that why we're seeing a growth of these concepts like WeWork? Uh, I would imagine having, being able to handle those spaces the mechanics of each space are so different that it has to be almost a boutique solution for every single one of those instances. Uh, I think that uh, all companies are migrating towards this evolution in terms of their office space. We're going to see that the traditional office space is going to be replaced and is being replaced by very open, non-sealing, hard floor environments due to cost and flexibility. But the money that's being saved by the elimination of carpeting or ceilings, things of that sort, are being plowed back into the technology as used by the employee on the space or perhaps outside the space. But these new spaces, you mentioned WeWork, are very open. 
very collaborative, but they're very reverberant. Polished concrete floors, no ceilings, but desking systems, no furniture panels, make for a very loud reverberant area. And I think that the opportunity that we uh, have and that we can position as a solution to our end user clients or our integrators or our designers is that they still need to cut down on that boiler room kind of environment. You mentioned the coffee space earlier and the hubbub that goes on there. Well, you can't have that in a working office environment. So I think the real goal today is to cut down on distractions and provide some speech privacy, part of that enhanced by enclaves or small uh, office space uh, areas that they do put in. But if they're going to have a bulk of open plan, the insertion of masking sound and the raising of the ambient background will help cut down on distractions and give the user uh, who has to sit in that space a much better environment to work in. I mean, it seems like a pretty simple solution. Um, Steve, wouldn't you, you just like put some speakers in a conference room and that's the end of the day, right? Um, that's the one of the biggest misconceptions out there is where do you put the speakers and you know how many if you want to protect the conference rooms conversations that are being said inside that space from outside listeners well the masking goes where the listeners are the outside of the conference room putting the masking in the conference room will do nothing for speech privacy um, yeah so it, you have to uh, look at and dispel some myths one of the biggest myths that I'm running to is where do you put the masking speakers to be effective? Customers always have the the um, uh, the concept 180 degrees flip flop. You put in one of these systems; they seem pretty durable, pretty solid state. Are you running into situations now where you're having to fix somebody's earlier idea of sound masking? Tell me a horror story. Come on, I know you have at least one. I've got a good one. Um, yes, and the answer is yes. We're constantly putting band-aids on poor installs. Years ago, I, I got a call from an end user saying that the masking system was working, but they were somehow hearing a uh, what sounded like a radio station coming through the masking system. Um, so we helped them find a local um, qualified integrator that could do a job and come onto the job site and. Uh, Lo and behold, the original installer, instead of using a dedicated sound masking source, a masking generator, so to speak, they used a, an old analog FM radio, tuned the uh, tuner to in between two stations to get the noise, which they assumed was the proper spectrum. And it worked, but um, as old analog equipment will do with age and heat, it started to drift and started to pick up a station, radio station that was coming through uh, the masking speakers. Uh, that was that was one of the one of the worst I've, I think I've taken in over the years. The sad thing about that is nobody noticed it until way after they could have gotten their money back. Correct. Charlie, you mentioned earlier the shift of finances from real estate into technology. Do you think that's the direction we're going to keep moving? Uh, as I look at the next five years, I would say pretty much so. But corporate real estate is still going to spend X amount of dollars, perhaps on short-term leases, perhaps on alliances with people like CBRE, HANA, or WeWork. But the bottom line is, is that there still will be space utilized. They still will have some kind of lease space. They will still have a place to place their employees but it's going to be different. You see such an emphasis now on more collaborative space, on concierge-based space. 
more amenities such as restaurants, daycare centers, etc., that are all being incorporated in this space so that it can be a 24 by 7 operation. But that said, core space still has to be productive for work. So while we do see an emphasis on technology and I do see an emphasis on even in our business, we're going to see many more hands-on uh, apps for phones, etc., to control the, these environments. I think you're still going to have real estate leases, but you're still going to have perhaps a much more evolved type of space that's going to be more collaborative, more flexible, and much more open. This is a technology that really is incredibly flexible in the way it can be used and the outcomes that it can achieve. Unless you're thinking about like maybe a zoo, I can't think of some place this technology couldn't be used to some positive benefit. Again, you, you had mentioned at the beginning of the cast that as a whole, we are a technology company and we have a broad based series of solutions. Yes, we do have a deep history in masking sound applications, but we are also a communications company. And as an example, the solutions that we offer can address mass notification and mass communications. We can have emergency egress types of notifications in these corporate environments as we do that now for not only our healthcare, but our educational environments as well. So the broad portfolio of products, yes, we're talking about the rifle shot of masking sound, but when you start talking about layering it up with uh, perhaps paging or mass communication type response systems. Yeah, I, I think that the, the products are flexible and I think the portfolio of product that we have as a company is very, uh, uh, is very uh, flexible in terms of meeting the needs of these corporate end users as well as uh, these other areas or sectors or vertical markets that we have. One of the key components in this entire mix that we've talked about today is it's really good to have smart people. And it has been my pleasure today to talk with two really smart gentlemen, Steve Brooks, the Vice President of Sound Masking Products for Atlas IED, and Charlie Roy, the Director of Corporate Sales for Masking Sound. Steve, Charlie, thank you so much for coming on and taking time for me today. I really do appreciate it. Thank you, Sean. I appreciate the opportunity. Thank you, Sean. I really appreciate this. 